What were Jesus's last words? Go out into the whole world and make disciples. This Catholic podcast is all about helping you respond yes to the final and greatest invitation of Jesus, the adventure you were made for. Together, let's explore what the worlds of business, education, organizational leadership, popes, saints, scripture, and the church herself say about fulfilling the Great Commission. All right, folks, we're going to take kind of a different uh, approach with this episode. We usually go over different things that, you know, practical things that can help you in ministry. But Dan and I want to just take an episode to just talk about the joy of doing ministry. Right? Some of you folks that listen, maybe you've been doing ministry for a long time, involved in other things. You've got those favorite memories. It's important to uh, ponder those things and treasure them like Mary pondered in her heart the things she saw in Christ as he grew up and recalled those. In our ministry, we need to do that. Things get tough in ministry sometimes. We've got to think back on those joyful moments. And also for folks listening that maybe haven't dipped their toe in the water in that area yet, we want to give you some stories to tell you how awesome this can be. I mean, the craziest stuff happens in ministry because God's in the mix of it. So things you would never plan or think of happen. And God works in big ways and mysterious ways and all of the above. So we're just going to share a few of our favorite stories. So I'm going to kick it to Dan to start off. Dan, what's one of your favorite stories from ministry? Easy. So this story illustrates a couple of things. Illustrates our need to be patient with people. <laughs> and it illustrates that from the mouth of babes comes wisdom. Mm-hmm. So one of one of the, the great privileges I've had is working in a Catholic high school as a theology teacher. And... Not all the students are Catholic, and some of the students who are Catholic are not into their faith and don't really want to be Catholic. And that, that's interesting because a huge component of faith is freedom, and you want people to freely come to God. They can't come to God any other way. You, uh, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make him drink. You can't even lead people to God let alone make them love. It has to be a free response. And um, recognizing, okay, this person is going to get a grade for this class. That automatically creates some tension where I could be seen as the bad guy. I'm the person who's in between them and what they want to know. So I had a number of those students every year. uh, And almost all the time, they were people of goodwill. And I'm very happy to say, of all the people I spend time in the classroom with, I don't dislike any of them. And I would gladly be back in their presence again, talking to them about God again. They might not want to be in my presence again and listen to me talk about God, but I don't have any problem saying I would love to do that. So this particular student I met in my second year, and he came from another country. I'm not going to say his name, but he came from another country where God was not a part of their culture at all. And if it was, it was only marginally. And so his worldview didn't have a lot of the fundamental presuppositions about the universe that we have, like a soul. He, that was a new concept to him. Um, And the, like that Jesus was born 2000 years ago. And yet his country was older than that. He was like, why would you believe in Jesus? My country's older than Jesus. Uh, And, and things like grace, you know, he'd, he'd say things like, how does God use grace to help you? Ooh, it'd be like, like, you know, all these things we take for granted, you know? Yeah, because, exactly. Wow. Yeah. And the, so the beauty of that was that he was helping me to analyze my own assumptions about the faith and helping me to explore these things deeper. So I said, be patient. And f- from the mouth of babes comes 
wisdom. And so early in that year, I remember uh, I would go, we had a study hall period. So I would go to the library and I would moderate this and some students would just come up and chat and other students would want to want to work with me and, and study. And he would come up every single session to have me explain things more. And he really wanted an A. He, that was just part of who, who he was. He wanted everything. He wasn't satisfied with a low A. He wanted a hundred. And if he could get extra credit, he could, if he could get three points extra credit, he wanted 103. And so he spent all the time, sometimes he would spend the whole study all talking to me and asking me to explain things more. And it was a gift. It was a huge gift. And there were times when I, I probably had grading to do it, Like looking back, I do not mind one bit that I didn't get that grading done it, during study hall. And I had to take it home because I got to share the faith with this young man. Mm-hmm. And it got to one point later in the year, this was probably March or April in a school year. So at that point, everything's like you're on the, the, the downhill uh, stretch with the home stretch. A lot of people are just kind of like checking the boxes, getting ready to, for summer vacation, getting the students ready for final exams. But we were talking about the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus and what that means for us. And uh, there's there's plenty of passages in scripture. One that comes to mind is the end of the Our Father, where we are encouraged to forgive as Jesus forgives. And we're told if we do not forgive as Jesus forgives, we will not be forgiven. So there's the parable of the, the unforgiving steward, steward. And of course, right there in the Our Father, forgive us as we forgive those. And this young man heard this and he took it seriously. And this is so from the mouth of babes comes wisdom. Um, often we hear, we take things for granted. We hear components of our faith, like the Beatitudes, and we accept them and just say, oh, ho-hum, of course. Yeah, blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who are persecuted. No, like nobody says that. Nobody really thinks that. Nobody thinks you're blessed when you're persecuted. Nobody thinks you're happy and, and that you should be rejoicing. And he heard that and he pushed back on it because he really wanted to know. He was starting to believe and he was starting to have a lot of respect for Catholicism. So he said, I hear you telling me that if I am to follow Jesus, then I have to forgive people, right? He said, yes, that's correct. And he said, so if someone kills my mother, I have to forgive them. Mm. I said, yeah, that's correct. And he said, I can never be a Christian because I can't imagine forgiving someone who killed my mother. Mm. And that he took it so seriously. He wasn't, he wasn't someone who just says, oh yeah, of course. No, I want all of the benefits of Catholicism with none of the responsibilities. The responsibilities intimidated him and scared him into saying, not necessarily scared, but said, like, I can't, I can't do this because it's too hard. And that, you know, the verse that comes to mind is with God, all things are possible. And he and I were able to have conversations further to help him know God is the one who makes that possible. It's not us, but like this happened, God, like we killed the son of God Mm -hmm. and he not just forgave, forgives 77 times. So, uh, if, uh, I remember talking with a friend of mine recently and he was so frustrated with, a, a people of a political party and you can probably just plug in any friend here, whether regardless of the party there. And he said, I can't, I'm just so mad at them. I don't see how I could stand them because of what they're doing to people I love. And it was like, 
you mean kind of like how God the Father forgives you for all the times you contributed to the crucifixion of his son? He was like, well, I guess when you put it like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's what we're called to. Like, we we don't just get to walk away from people and, and, and discard them. We we forgive them. Yeah. Well, I think your story makes me think about, you know, we have a lot of us, if we're in catechetical ministry or youth ministry, we have kids coming to us. And some of them are really asking these questions inside to not take it for granted the time we have with them to plant those seeds. As even the St. Paul says, some are called to plant, some to water. Um, so, you know, you have that role at that time and who knows where he went with that but um many seeds planted um story i'd like to share is also from a youth ministry days uh, and i think it's just a testimony to asking hard questions or real questions don't beat around the bush you know early on in my you know being a part of ministry i think that i was a little timid and i really think too that your outreach is going to be dependent on your own conversion where are you at Okay, because if you're just starting to tiptoe in, that's going to reflect in your ministry. But if you're someone that really is deeper in their faith and loving the Lord and walking with Him, you're going to accomplish more. It's going to go deeper. So at the beginning, I was kind of a a new babe back in the Catholic faith, if you will. You know, I had this youth ministry leadership team, and we were on this retreat once um, called Alive in You. Shout out to Alive in You. They do wonderful youth camps. And at one point there was confession going on. And while the kids were all waiting in line, there was music playing. And I, and I, you know, it was the Holy Spirit. I felt prompt to just ask one of the leaders, you know, a deeper question. And the deepest I got at that point, because I was skimmed back into, you know, I was, I was getting into my faith as well, um, was just, I literally just asked, how is your relationship with God? I mean, the question you should always be able to ask your, your leadership team, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I asked her, and all of a sudden the floodgates opened because the teens, you never know what's going on in their heads. And all of a sudden she's just bawling and crying about how, you know, her loved one has passed away. And, you know, she's feeling all these issues with her family. And all it took was me asking the question for us to have a real conversation and talk about God and where he is and all of that. So I just encourage everybody listening, ask real questions. The clock is ticking, folks. We don't have a lot of time on this earth. We don't know when our time is going to be up. Ask those questions when you feel prompted by the Holy Spirit. Don't turn back. Don't fear. That's it's hard though. They're awkward because you, like yeah. you don't want you don't want somebody to be mad. You're you're worried like they might be offended. But you're right. Like we ask the hard questions. We have to take that leap of faith because if if we're the person leading the minister involved in the ministry and we can't ask the question, then who can ask the question? If we can't do it, then who can do it? So so let's let's let's. Take the Lord up on what he's inviting us to do and actually do it, you know, not just the fluffy stuff around us. Do the hard ministry. Yeah. So, Dan, I'll kick it back to you. What's what's another one of your favorites? So this one is about uh, not selling Jesus short and not selling people short. And when I get started on a project, when when I launch something, I have in mind the people who I want to be involved and the people who I want to to come and say, like, I volunteers tribute. I will be a part of of what you're doing. (laughs) And it doesn't work that way. And it's annoying because I'm like, my friends aren't even stepping up to help me. Like what (laughs) gives? Like, how can that be? Like, come on, you just like, you don't have that much going on. You should be able to help me here. And the people that the Lord pushes forward, I'm like, no, no, no. 
wrong person. Yeah. Like right. they're going to, they're going to give up and they're going to go away and then I'm going to have to start all over. So I don't even want to, I don't want to get started with them. And I remember one year when I was still uh, teaching at the Catholic high school, it was early in the year and someone came to me and expressed this desire and said, I had an experience over the summer. I know God is real. I, I want to do something. I want to be involved. And I didn't take it seriously at first. I, I thought like, okay, they're looking for service hours. Like that's, that's what they mean. Like they want to get into college. And so they're trying to pad their resume. It's like, okay, well here, you know, move some of those boxes around and sweep the floor and stack the furniture. And to this day, like it just hit me. What I should have done is I should have sat down and I had, should have had a faith conversation with that person and tried to understand where are you? What's what's God doing? Tell me like, why is this so good? Why do you want to tell other people about who he is and what he's done for you? That would have been the most reasonable thing to do. Now, thanks be to God. This person kept coming around and they kept showing an interest and they were the ones who had patience. They were the ones who showed forbearance and perseverance until I realized, no, God really is moving. He's working in this person's life. And so that led to a, actually a formal meeting with other people of let's journey deeper together. And a number of the people who are from that, that group are still out of high school and out of college now, passionate about their faith living the faith. And it's definitely not all a part of that, but I said yes to the Lord in a small way. And as a result, I contributed to their mature faith. I know there were other things going on. I'm definitely not taking credit for that, Um, but we, we need to be very careful that we don't say they're not, that's not God's type. And and your story is also a testimony, Dan, that he might screw it up. And yeah. God's still going to bring bring to fruition what He wants, right? So, so don't put too much pressure on yourselves. Remember that God is in control, and even if you slip up or don't handle a certain conversation the right way, you reflect back on it later. Remain faithful to prayer, and He'll point you the way to go. Yeah. Well, and that goes back uh, in the the last episode. There was that passage that I quoted from Matthew six. Yeah. Um, they're considered the birds of the air. The father takes care of them. The father clothes the lilies in more radiance than Solomon. Will he not also provide for us? Yeah. Amen. Well, guarantee for folks listening, if you haven't already experienced this, you're going to be surprised by who God brings forth to, to, to your efforts. Okay. Because yeah. if you're following the Holy Spirit, that means he's probably calling other people too. And you're going to be amazed at the people he brings forth. Don't turn them away and don't, we got to give people the benefit of the doubt when they say, I have an idea to not judge it, to not put our own spin on it, just unpack it with them. Cause you got to see how that's coming into the rest of the things that play in this tapestry of ministry. God's unfolding in your area because it's bigger than us. So I got a story kind of related to that. Um, the testimony to don't worry too much about the numbers. Okay. Now Dan and I are big on this, that numbers can be a good, evidence of something's fruitful or not but we are called to be faithful first and we might not get the numbers we want at first well this story is from young adult ministry there was one night where a young adult core team at a, at a parish i was at decided hey we're going to revamp young adult ministry new theme promote it for weeks awesome and i was doing the first night so i go and i prepare this awesome powerpoint i buy snacks refreshments like this is going to be awesome 
I set it all up and I'm just sitting there waiting by myself. Got music playing, I'm like waiting for people to start coming in. The core team doesn't even show up. One guy shows up I've never met before. So we start talking and we're eating our chips or whatever. And I'm like, well, I guess we'll start. I never prepared this. Well, lo and behold, come to find out that this guy had just moved from the Northeast. He found the church because it had the same name as, it wasn't even the same name. He said, you know, I know St. John's and I know St. John's in New York. We were a different St. John, but we were still St. John's. He just came to check it out. And the topic the Lord had wanted to prepare through me was the difference between Catholics and Protestants. And guess what? He had literally been thinking about that. Well, long story short, this guy ended up becoming eventually a young adult core ministry team member. He ended up uh, leading the youth ministry after I was out of that position, after I had left that position. God had such big plans. So even though it was one guy, I call him my big catch that night. He's a big guy. You know, he's a big dude, too. Just funny how God works. And I'm just going to share one quick story I've heard a bishop share where they were doing a regional vocations event and they invited all across all the dioceses, you know, in the area to the seminary. And five guys came. And at first you might think, oh, what a failure. Only five guys came. You know, they invited the whole region that they serve. All five are priests now. OK, so 100 percent success rate. You tell me you can do that. So. Be faithful to prayer and do what God's calling you to do. And like the most amazing stuff is going to happen. So I have a, not so much a story, but like a collection of stories of failure that I, I'd like to share. Yeah, it's fun to talk about. Yeah, no, it, it really is. There's supposedly there's a fail con every year in, uh, in California. I, go for, I, I do too. I could do a presentation, um, but it's for companies to talk about and learn from massive failures. In evangelization, when I don't listen, when I answer questions that have not been asked, and when I don't consider a framework of evangelization in terms of where is someone on their walk to the Lord, I mess up and mess up bad. So the it's, it's Luigi Giussani, the founder of the Communion and Liberation Movement, which is a really, really outstanding movement within the church. I'm trying to think of what of the appropriate, probably apostolic movement. Um, he was a priest and brilliant evangelist, brilliant apologist for the faith in the same way that, that C.S. Lewis was for all of Christianity. Um, but he had this line, nothing is more unreasonable than answering a question that hasn't been asked. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't tell you how many times I have thought to myself, like, we've, I, all, done that. we've all done that. Yeah. I've just read this great book. I can't wait to tell people about like, Oh, I was reading this obscure chapter in St. Thomas Aquinas's summa. Like, like, let me tell you. Well, it becomes uh, about us. It's our own pride. And we think I'm exactly. going to fix this person. It's like, they, they didn't ask to be fixed and you don't, you don't even know what's wrong with them. And it's not your job to know what's wrong with them. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a doctor who, if you walked into that to see that doctor had one prescription for everything yeah. or told you, in fact, we've probably all gone to a doctor it was a little bit like that and we, or heard of it. And we thought I'm never coming back to you again because you didn't listen at all. Like you never took your head out of the sky or out of your computer or your phone or your notebook or whatever that the person just doesn't like, they didn't listen enough to hear. And I cannot tell you how many times I've made those mistakes. Say if there was like one single thing that we could do to evangelize better, it might be other than just being holy and loving better, but listening and really learning to, to listen well, 
without judgment to what someone else is saying. And that doesn't mean that we like, you know, someone could, could tell us like, I committed a serious crime. Like that's not what I'm talking about here. Like, we don't need to get into an argument with them at that moment about every little detail of what they're saying. But we listen, like, what are they saying and what are they really crying out for? And then let's respond accordingly. Amen, Dan. Well, I'm just going to wrap us up with one final story. Um, this was something I had the opportunity to be a part of that God brought together. And, you know, if you do ministry, guys, God is going to just bring you to things that just such a privilege. You're like, I, I don't know why you're using me in this context, but you are. So I was at a uh, parish that hosted a retreat for parents who lost a child. And, you know, we know from reading uh, psychology and about grief and loss that that is the toughest loss you can experience in this world is having to bury one of your children because it's backwards. It's not supposed to happen. It doesn't matter what age it happens at. You know, it could be a, a nine-year-old woman who loses her 60-year-old son. It hurts the same um, because it's not supposed to be that way. Well, I'll never forget because we had all this months of planning, you know, logistics, reading the manual, making sure we were doing it all right. And all these parents had gathered and we knew they had gathered from around the state, really. All these people with this common pain that only they knew. And I remember in the chapel, we were getting ready to do the opening prayer. And I walked into the chapel and the music is playing. And I see all these parents that have come and they all have lost a child. And I went to the back of the chapel and I started crying at the back of the chapel. Because I just was like, why are you using me to do this? Like, why are you using me, God? And just ministry became very much more real in that moment for me, I think. Oftentimes in ministry, I know I at least want to just focus on the nicey, nice things and how wonderful things are. But I mean, true outreach, guys, is going to people that are vulnerable and hurting. So the more that we can enter into real pain, real pastoral concerns, the more we're really going to be doing the Lord's work. So let's go after the lost sheep, the hurting sheep, the sheep that want nothing to do with us. Let's keep thinking and praying on ways that we can go after them. Kind of like Jesus told us to do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All righty. And so one quick, uh, quick little shout out. If you are listening and you, you are not employed by the church, these messages are still for you. Like we have you in mind. Like we're not thinking like we're only talking to DREs and youth ministers. We're talking to them. We're talking to, to every single All person right. who feel every one. Catholic because every Catholic has a mission of evangelization. And this podcast is just about how can we do this better? So if you, if you work for the church, if you work for a diocese, if you work for a religious order, if you work for a charity, for a nonprofit, for a missionary organization, if you are Catholic and you work for Jesus Christ, cause you know, this is what he's asked you to do. Thank you so much. We like, this is for you. We, we want to continue to do this. We are doing this and we planned all of this to help you spread the word of God. So this is, if you're, if you're wondering like, Oh, will this work for me? Yeah, absolutely. And if you have any questions, we would love to hear them so that we can engage with you and, and help you in the work that you're doing more. Yes. And please, you know, share this episode, especially with someone who maybe hasn't dipped their toes in the water yet in ministry. Maybe them listening to a few stories will show them, Hey, this is something I might really enjoy or also just help them understand what you do on a, on a day-to-day -day basis as, as you labor for the Lord. So 
We thank you all for all that you're doing. If you have a story you'd like to share, please send us an email or message the Facebook page, and maybe we could have you on as a guest to share your story eventually. So our email is beingandmakingdisciples at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook to send us a message there or make a post at Being and Making Disciples if you just go on Facebook and search there. And you can also contact me on Instagram. Um, we're both on LinkedIn, just as our names on Instagram. I am dboyd, I think, underscore 85 or dboyd85. So we will uh, we'll have that in one of the uh, in one of the posts in the the coming weeks. So thank you so much. God bless you, and look forward to being with you again next time.